Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Sorry, folks, park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, June 28, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 527 of the Biden-Harris administration, 129 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go, and our Patreon is BobSeskaShow.com. No, you didn't download the wrong episode, I assure you. I'm taking a short break this week and next week to recharge and refuel the outrage tanks. So instead, we're presenting some of my favorite interviews from the past year or so, just in case you missed them the first time around. So today, we're rewinding to May 11, when I spoke with Dr. Leah Torres about the impending end of abortion rights in America. Dr. Torres is an OBGYN who performs abortion procedures in a deeply red southern state. Consider Leah a profile in courage for sure. Meantime, if you like what you hear, please help support this show by subscribing to our bonus content at patreon.com slash Show. Speaking of which, the Patreon app for your smartphone is the best way to stay up to date with new episodes of The Bob Seska Show, and it's the very best way to listen. Every time there's a new episode, you're going to get an automatic alert on your phone, notifications for the free shows on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and notifications for the Friday After Party and the Shadow Docket shows, too. You can listen at home or in the car with a couple of swipes, and you can join our community of listeners in the comments under each episode. Oh, and you can manage your subscriptions without ever sitting down at a computer. Subscribe for as little as $1 a month at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Then download the Patreon app from the App Store on your phone and you're all set. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Thank you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. Hey, can you hear me? Ah, there you are. Yes, I can. You sound great. Oh, good. Okay, thanks so much. Oh, thank you, doctor, once again for uh, coming on the show. I I wish it was under better circumstances than this. Someday it might be. Are you still practicing in Mississippi? Are you still down there? Alabama. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was Mississippi. Okay, Alabama. Close enough. They're they're basically the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the word right now uh, among your peers at this point? Uh, There's got to be a level of stress that's off the charts. Yeah, it's hard to put into words. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, everyone, (laughs) my field, if you will, OBGYN, right, Mm -hmm. Um, I think is also divided because you have people in OBGYN who are against abortion. And so that is the thing that I deal with. But for the most part, um, anyone who's desiring to make sure that people have access to healthcare and access to evidence-based healthcare specifically, which includes abortion care, mm-hmm. those folks, whether they're OBGYNs or not, um, I think that they're starting to really see the dire straits that we're in. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're starting to see it because we've been telling everyone for, I mean, I've only been in practice for like a decade, mm-hmm. but I know that those before me have been saying, this is coming, this is coming, here's what's going to happen, here's what's going to happen. And now, you know, it's happening and we've seen it and we're seeing it. Yeah. What are the what are the justifications from your peers, uh, OBGYNs who are anti-abortion? How do they reach that conclusion? How do they reach that point of view? Is there something specific beyond the politics of it? Is there something that they've personally experienced through their practice, through their training, et cetera, education, that has landed them in that place? I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I I assume it's it's politics, but also. Um I believe it's, in my view, a an inability to separate one's personal beliefs, mm-hmm. whether they are religious or political, from the objective practice of medicine, which is abortion is part of that practice. And so if you're unable to sort of check your beliefs or personal issues at the door, that can be a problem for your patient. And we all know in medicine that we are not to project ourselves onto our patients. That is dangerous as well as unethical. And it's hard to do because we are all human beings, Mm -hmm. but we have to be mindful of our own personal projections and our own personal um, life experiences and not to put those on our patients. 
I have been in situations where a patient, you know, maybe refuses an intervention mm-hmm. and I, in my brain say, oh my gosh, but, but you need this, you need this, you need this, but I don't get to do that. The patient is informed with all the information and they make their own decision and that it is up to me then to respect that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that those who are not respecting the decision to have an abortion violate key aspects of medical ethics. Yeah. It seems as if at some point or another, if you're an OBGYN, there are going to be circumstances that mandate uh, terminating the pregnancy, right? I mean, it seems like I mean, maybe in the cases of the OBGYNs, you know, who are opposed to abortion, at some point, they had to have performed it, right? I mean, if there were some catastrophe, some uh, a pregnancy ending uh, situation medically with either the mother or the fetus itself, it seems like that would come up at some point, wouldn't it? Well, I want to be clear that any anyone who's pregnant and doesn't want to be, that is a mandate for an abortion. Okay. Now, I know what you are referring to, yeah. and I will I will tell you that much like anything else, probably... Um, in, in, in the existence as a human being, we rationalize. Mm-hmm. So maybe they did encounter a situation where it was dire straits and this, that, and the other, and an abortion needed to be performed and they told themselves whatever they needed to tell themselves, either that it's yeah. not really an abortion or it's the, but that's not the issue here. The mm-hmm. issue is that abortion is part of healthcare, just like an appendectomy is part of healthcare, just like chemotherapy is part of healthcare, mm-hmm. just like blood transfusions oh, yeah. are part of healthcare. Yep. There are re- you know religious entities that do not believe in or accept blood transfusions, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean if I'm part of that belief system that I get to refuse blood transfusions to my patients. So that's you know really what we're talking about. It's the 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 Abortion is healthcare as long as maternal physiology is a thing. These are undeniable facts. You can twist them however you want. However, abortion is healthcare. It is part of reproductive healthcare mm-hmm. and must be respected as an option for those who do not want to be pregnant. So how are you doing? What's the last week been like for you? How am I feeling? I am feeling anger and rage that cannot even be put into words, especially given, as I mentioned before, that we have been saying this was going to happen and we are seeing it happen. We are seeing people being harmed in Texas and they will be harmed in Oklahoma and they're going to be harmed in Florida and they're already being harmed in Alabama. So we know what it is that's coming because it's already here. And now it's going to be a federal federal permission, federal statute that if you're pregnant, you lose your rights. Mm -hmm. That is what it boils down to. That is what the Senate decided today, that our abysmal maternal mortality rate, people dying in pregnancy, those numbers get to go up. That is what the Senate voted for today, that when you're pregnant, you don't have any rights. That is what the Senate voted for today. So, my anger and rage cannot be put into words. Am I panicking? No. I've been done prepared for this. I knew this was coming. This is, it's just here now. So just like anything, you know, 
here, here we are. And we put one foot in front of the other and we do day in and day out. And I go to work and I help people that need help because it's still legal in Alabama for the moment. For now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's what I'm doing. And I will continue to provide healthcare here. And I hope that we can keep our doors open, but if we are unable to provide abortion care because of the law, and if we are unable to contract with insurance companies because of stigma and discrimination, we may have to close our doors. Oh my God. And not to be too Barbara Walters about this doctor, (laughs) but, uh, have you thought about what you're going to tell your patients? Woman comes in, she's pregnant, maybe under uh, circumstances that are undesirable as well. And she says, uh, what can we do, doctor? What can I do about this? Oh, I mean, I wish that none of us were facing these questions yeah. at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, that would be the ideal, <laughs> the yeah. ideal thing. Sure. But, uh, I mean, we have to make sure that people have access to what they need. And so I will, counsel my patients just as I do today, just as I do um, with anything. I counsel them on, you know, what is it that you need? Okay, here's the information. Here's this resource for you. I will provide every possible avenue of help that I can to my patients, just as I've always done. That will not change. Um, What I'm actually most fearful of are the people who are experiencing either a miscarriage or complications from a self-managed abortion and are afraid to, and rightly so, go to a hospital or go to a doctor. I do want to know, I want them to know that I am a safe place to go. I will not be, you know, bounty hunting. I will not be reporting anything that is not legally mandated to be reportable and miscarriages are not. Um, So I want people to know that we at West Alabama women's are a safe place to come. If you need help with pregnancy complications, you know, some States, and I'm not sure I, I, I'm sorry. I have to look up what the uh, specifics or the exceptions in the Alabama law will end up being, but some States are continuing to make those exceptions, right? Uh, Rape and the usual ones, right? But will doctors even be willing to perform those abortions? I mean, you aside, um, will they be willing to perform those abortions knowing the inquiries and the potential for legal trouble or questions asked, uh, protests maybe? Uh, Obviously, bounty hunters are a new thing. Uh, How do you deal with that? It seems like it's going to dissuade doctors from performing any abortion for the sake of just avoiding the oh my God, the chaos that would happen afterwards or the potential for chaos. So I want to take the opportunity here because you make a very uh, important point and I want to, and hopefully I can explain to your listeners not using too much medical jargon. In Alabama right now, abortion is criminalized. Okay. I need people to understand that. It is legal, but it is viewed as and I'm not exaggerating, murder. So you have other otherwise capable healthcare providers who will not treat a miscarriage as it should be treated because they fear prosecution. They fear being arrested. And I say this as someone who was, was persecuted, let's say, Mm -hmm. 
by having my license revoked, which the findings for such were unfounded Mm -hmm. as declared by the medical board, should have never taken place. Yet I know firsthand that those fears are actually very warranted. And so what I have seen in my time here are people who are having miscarriages being turned out of ERs, being made to wait for care by their primary care doctors because the primary care doctor looking at a duck, which is walking like a duck and talking like a duck, is saying, you know what? I need to get hormone levels so that I can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm not doing an abortion. There is a fear of being viewed as performing an abortion and people get delay of care or are denied care because of that fear. It is very real. And we are all, I are, I've been here practicing a year and a half and I've already seen it. And it's weird because at first I thought, well, this is, I mean, obviously this is a miscarriage because, you know, X, Y, Z criteria for miscarriage. That's what this is. Why would the doctor make you wait 48 to 60 hours for blood work? This is clearly, you're bleeding, passing clots and bleeding on the floor. Why is the doctor checking your hormone levels? I do not understand. And then it hit me a few weeks ago because I had a patient in my clinic, one of several that I've seen already, but it just somehow the light bulb went on. She was having a miscarriage and I reflexed, knee jerk reflex, went to, I better check hormone levels so that I can prove this is a miscarriage because I don't want to have to file all of the paperwork that the state makes you file for an abortion. And so if I can prove that it's, and I, and it hit me and I said, oh my God, that's what's happening. People are afraid of being persecuted and it's been this way for years it's here and it will get worse. That's the problem. It's bad now and it's about to get worse. It can't be good for caring for patients when you're constantly concerned about covering your own ass. Uh, and the thing that I kept thinking about, Leah, as you were saying all of this is, you know, Trump supporters miscarry all the time. Trump supporters maybe are in a situation where they might need to terminate a pregnancy. There's a distinction here that I think a lot of Republicans are living under this fantasy that it's just liberals lining up for elective abortions like they're going for a mani-pedi. And that is such colossal horseshit. But I think that's the ridiculous impression that a lot of these people are operating under. Miscarriage knows no political party, does it? Absolutely not. And the Women's Health Protection Act was going to help people get the reproductive health care that they needed, including miscarriage management. And the Senate just said, nope, you are not allowed to have evidence-based health care. And hopefully you don't bleed to death. Good luck. And I'm sure you saw Joe Manchin earlier claim that he would have voted for codifying Roe, but he won't vote for the Women's Health Protection Act, even though it does codify Roe. I mean, that's the point of it, which the House passed back in February. I mean, do they just figure people are morons who accept all of this at face value? Is that the mindset among not only the Republicans, but people like Joe Manchin? I don't know how you can say, let's codify Roe, but let's let maternal mortality rates increase. Right. Like, I'm all about codifying Roe. However, I'm not willing to go so far 
as to reduce people's chances of dying in pregnancy. I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Why you don't want healthier mothers and children does not make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Six million American children live in poverty right now. 2.5 million are homeless. The United States is number 33 in infant mortality. And forced birth, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but forced birth is going to significantly worsen those statistics plus maternal mortality. So more child poverty, more infant mortality, more maternal mortality, more child homelessness, The fact that Republicans have zero interest in fixing all of those things proves that they're all about controlling and oppressing women, right? This is about a reset back to the days before Roe, before Griswold. Uh, And we tend to forget, those of us who were born in maybe the 70s tend to forget that before Griswold, it was, we're talking about the early days of madmen, you know, the way women were treated at that point in time in the United States as property more than anything else. And Griswold, the legalization, the availability of contraception changed all of that. But Republicans want to go back to that time, don't they? I don't think Republicans ever left. Yeah. Let's remember, I mean, yeah. honestly, let's remember that this country was founded by racist, misogynist, white supremacists. Mm -hmm. So this is all of the strides that we've taken away from oppressing groups of people are now being walked back. And, and it's, I wish I could say, yeah, they hate women. It's not that it's not that even that complicated. It's not even about women. It's about, like you said, control over their own political power and their money, this, you know, white supremacy pays. It pays and they want to keep their power and they want to keep their money and whoever they have to walk all over, however many black women need to die in pregnancy and childbirth, however many children are left homeless and starving, that doesn't matter. It is all about upholding themselves in places of power because that is where the money is. And it's and and it doesn't matter that it's women. It doesn't matter that it's black, indigenous people of color. It doesn't matter that it's, you know, gay, trans, LGBTQ. It doesn't doesn't matter. They will walk on whoever they need to walk on, and they're doing it. And this is all going to affect everyone. And those who are privileged just unfortunately don't have the right colored glasses on to see. Are you getting a ton of requests from patients about contingencies, requests for birth control pills, tubal ligations, uh, things to head this off at the pass? Is that something that's come up or is it still too soon for that? Uh, it's not come up. I think that, you know, those are not necessarily um, end all be all solutions, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that people are in general, I think people are a lot more scared than they were back when um, the idiot took over the country. Um, I think they're a lot more concerned because they see very clearly with all of this, they see we don't have a constitution. We, we, without a Supreme court who will uphold 
the first, the eighth, the ninth, the 14th, the 13th amendments. It is literally an old piece of paper in a museum. And that is what it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. The point of it is liberty, right? I always thought that was the whole idea of the Bill of Rights, even specifically. Uh, but we've just rejected that. It seems to me the cornerstone of liberty is having sovereignty over your body and what grows inside your body. Until that entity is removed, that is your purview. It seems obvious. I guess to everyone except five out of the nine Supreme Court justices and most of the Republican Party. Oh, but they understand. Don't forget that it is a do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. They know exactly what the Constitution is capable of, and they know exactly when to engage it and when not to engage it. Mm -hmm. Right? They will engage it to protect the Kyle Rittenhouses of the world. They will engage it to protect the police police officers who are murdering people in the streets. They will engage it for those things because that upholds white supremacy. But they will not engage it for pregnant people. And many others. What's going to happen to fertility clinics now? I don't know. Uh, Nothing good, probably. Yeah, I I imagine. um, I mean, I know it's a separate field than yours, but it seems to me as if this is a contingency that I don't believe a lot of Republicans have considered. Because I assure you, like I was saying before, there are Trump voters who are infertile and will need the services of a fertility clinic in order to conceive. Are they assholes enough to say, oh, we're willing to make that exception, but not these other exceptions? You know, it's the old adage of, of people will find a way, you know, yeah. the rich will have abortions, the rich will have fertility clinics. You know, I mean, that's that's what it is. The it's eugenics. Again, the eugenics movement never went away. The white supremacist movement never went away. It's just that we call it, you know, the conservative right now. So what do you plan to do in uh, June when this uh, draft decision becomes the real decision? And that's the cutoff point. Uh, Do you plan to move? Do you plan to, I mean, you mentioned shutting down your practice as a possibility too. I mean, are these the sorts of things you're strategizing about right now? Or are you sort of just waiting and seeing how this all lands? Well, that really depends on (laughs) uh, Alabama Medicaid. (laughs) So we've, we've, uh, submitted our application a year ago. I, I and the clinic were both approved by Alabama Medicaid. And there is some very strange reason that I'm simply not enrolled. Uh, whatever flipping of the switch needs to happen is not happening. Can't imagine why that would be. Um, so the idea is, is that we will be a Medicaid provider and able to provide very needed health care in a state that has a, an embarrassing paucity mm-hmm. of access to health care, part of that being uninsured and underinsured people. So I'm hoping that we can be an access point if the state cooperates with us, which who knows if they will do that. Um, but that's the current plan is to expand our services because we will be able to uh, provide insurance covered uh, services. 
I imagine at this point there are plans afoot for basically what amounts to a new underground railroad to uh, shuttle women across state lines secretly. Obviously, there are going to be uh, looky-loos who are, and bounty hunters who are looking to earn a quick buck out of this, which is just the height of cynicism. I, I can't even begin to describe how horrifying that uh, whole concept is. But regardless, I imagine, you know, in fact, I envision people like you, uh, you know, secretly shuttling women uh, across state lines to have, you know, proper health care. Is this something that you've also thought about uh, along these lines? Or have you heard anything? Uh, because I, I know a lot of women right now are thinking about contingencies, thinking about, okay, once this all happens, and it looks like it's going to happen, what do we do then? Um, well, so first I would just caution because in the movement we uh, steer away from using that term underground railroad because there really was only one oh, sure. underground railroad yeah. underground Good railroad point. and we Good don't want to yeah, we don't yeah. want to co-opt that. So, but what you mean is, you know, a, a discrete you know, network basically and yeah. I, I yeah. understand the the question. So, um you know, everything that we do in healthcare is discrete as by, you know, according to HIPAA. So we will continue providing care that is HIPAA compliant. Um, we will continue steering folks to the resources that they need. Um, it is a concern, however, that uh, there might be an invasion of privacy regarding digital data. Uh, so I would actually encourage everyone to go to the website digitaldefensefund.org, where they explain how you can protect your digital data, so your web searches for you know, self-managed abortion, your searches for clinics or whatever, uh, I would encourage everyone to go there. They've been doing this for years and helping people protect themselves against an invasion of privacy that we don't, we don't know what it's going to be yet. You know, we don't know what the potential invasion is going to be. So that would be one thing. And, um, you know, getting folks the care that they need is nothing new to me anyway, nothing yeah. new. So we're all going to continue to work together and try and get people the, the resources that they need because everyone has different needs for different resources. One person might need a gas card. Another person might need a hotel room. Another person might need childcare. I mean, this is what we've been doing and I guess we will continue to do. But yeah, we're going to be running out of resources as far as financial resources, that's for sure. And so maybe I can ask people to give to their local abortion funds who are the folks that are the grassroots that are doing the work that are actually making sure your dollar goes to someone in need of an abortion. Um, it's your local abortion funds that are doing that work. And by the way, I, I've probably been remiss in something else too, in terms of terminology. I think you prefer the term pregnant persons, right? Like you're not yeah. making gender distinctions. Correct. Could you, could you explain that? Well, I mean, let's remember that gender itself is a, forgive the term, but man-made concept. Um, it's a social mm -hmm. construct. It's invented by human beings. Um, just like, you know, you alluded to mad men earlier. Well, those are all gender constructs that are, you know, imagined or invented. And so through my continual learning and self-education, I have come to realize that, yeah, Gender is a construct and 
because people identify as different genders, why not just use the encompassing term, which is technically more accurate because it catches a larger group of people, um, you know, by saying pregnant people, pregnant persons. Uh, it's just a, a way that I have grown in order to be more respectful of individuals and more, um, uh, let's see, casting the net wider to make sure everyone is included and no one is left out. Yeah, we're talking about uh, trans men, right? I mean, trans men who are capable of being pregnant. I mean, that's, a, I think, a consideration in this conversation as well, right? Yes, absolutely. So and not to get too deeply into the weeds of all of this, but uh, according to the Daily Beast today, Kaylee McEnany was on Fox News this morning and said that uh, the vast majority of Democrats are going to vote today for abortion in the 10th month where a mom is literally giving birth. Obviously, this is a gigantic whopper lie. Uh, will you explain the viability standard, doctor, and what, what's permitted after that point where a fetus can survive separate from its mother? Uh, because this is just, we're going back to this Ralph Northam thing where uh, he was talking about something else and he kind of botched the explanation. And now Donald Trump and all of his disciples are off on this thing where Democrats are going around murdering newborns, apparently. So people who want their agenda upheld, and I mean specifically an agenda, which yeah. is the anti-abortion movement, they are going to hyperbolize or caricaturize anything that they can. Yeah. It doesn't need to be based in fact. So I, what I want to make clear is that every pregnancy is an individual thing. Yeah. You cannot collectively group people and their pregnancies and their situations into one cutoff mark, into one... We need access to reproductive health care, period. We need access to abortion care, period. There is no gestational age at which it's okay or not okay. Abortion care is abortion care. And that is a decision that is made between the patient who is pregnant and the physician or healthcare provider, whatever level they may be, is providing. So the point of all of this is to say, you may have someone who's 26 weeks pregnant, but we in medicine say the point of viability is 24 weeks. And so therefore, you know, they're past the viability cutoff. Well, maybe this pregnancy is the, the fetus has no brain and it's not compatible with life. Yeah. And so now you're talking about, and this happens more often than people understand Third trimester abortions need to happen for people. But in no situation have I ever heard of, encountered, where someone puts themselves through pregnancy. And I say that very deliberately because <laughs> yeah. pregnancy is no stroll in the park. Mm -hmm. Pregnancy is hard. It puts your body through unimaginable things. And it's very difficult to endure a pregnancy. No one puts themselves through a pregnancy, then decides I'm going to give birth, but like kill the baby. That's not what happens right, ever. Right, right. However, I don't want to make a point of viability because again, you've got situations 
where you can't just say the cutoff is this. Yes. Every, every situation needs to be individualized just as with anything in healthcare, regardless if you're pregnant or if you have appendicitis or if you have a brain tumor or if you have breast tumor or you have, you know, irritable bowel syndrome. It doesn't like you cannot cook. You cannot just, um, what's the, 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 like a conveyor belt. Like you can't just say everyone's the same. Exactly. You can't cookie. You can't cookie cutter it. Yeah. You have to treat people on an individual basis. That is what medicine is. But the Republican leadership, uh, the white Christian evangelical movement in this country has been defining this issue as a cookie cutter issue. It's very black and white to them. It says there's no nuance. Uh, so they're able to get away with this because, of course, their uh, audiences for that message, they don't want anything to do with the nuance of the situation either. And so all of that is lost. But and, and where it really got lost was a couple of years ago. I mentioned this a, a second ago, but uh, with Ralph Northam botching the notion of palliative care for newborns with catastrophic birth defects and making it seem as if there's some sort of democratic push to just, you know, to abort newborns, to abort infants. Uh, as they, and as Donald Trump describes, they're torn from their mothers and smothered in their cribs and blah, blah, all of these grisly horror stories that do nothing but uh, tweak the uh, uh, the lizard brains of, of his audience. Uh, it's such nonsense, isn't it? I mean, there are no Democrats going around wanting to murder newborn babies. This is just, this is such utter madness. But there was, once again, Kaylee McEnany on TV this morning trying to make that case. And everyone else on the panel sitting around on those couches nodding their heads along with her. Just staggering. I mean, when you hear these kinds of stories, what goes through your head? Uh, I can't imagine hearing that and not getting completely disillusioned about your fellow citizens, about your fellow humans. I mean, my first thought is, where did they get their medical training? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? Mm -hmm. So second thought is, do they have a medical license? Which often leads to no training and no license, therefore, mm, yeah. sounds suspect. So that is just to say, though, people will believe what they want to believe. People hold on to what they want to hold on to. And that nonsense can also be spewed by physicians. We saw it with the pandemic. And we need to hold people accountable for going against science, for going against evidence, for going against the scientific method. And remember that you can have all the feelings that you want, that's fine. And that's where they stop. They're your feelings. Yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a, as I'm sure you know, or maybe recall, I was on a panel um, in Utah where myself and another physician were discussing fetal pain with two legislators. Um, they had no idea that sometimes abortions are vaginal deliveries. They thought all abortions were this one. You know, so it just goes to show you the people making these laws and making these talking points are talking about things they have no idea what they are. 
And so I want people to remember that. I want people to remember. Think about what if I went on national TV and started talking about space shuttle launches. Hmm. I know nothing about launching a shuttle into space. (laughs) So why am I on national TV talking about aerospace engineering like I know what I'm talking about? And we and and the media does a disservice by giving these people a platform. Oh yeah. And also we why are why are people who are not medically trained telling medically trained people how to medicine? It's a, it's something that we've just accepted as a society as okay. And it boggles my mind that one day I'm I'm practicing medicine, but the next day I'm a criminal for what I do. Mm-hmm. How is that in any reality okay? All right, we'll get back into this in just a second. But first, I'm not into gambling at all, but I would totally bet that you're paying around 20% interest on your credit card debt. If you're also making minimum payments every month, it's going to take you years and years to pay off those cards. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. So why not spare yourself the ongoing nightmare and refinance those cards into one super low interest rate? Here's how. With Lightstream, you can roll your cards into one low payment at a fixed rate as low as 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. That's way lower than most cards. And I assure you, it's way lower than the average credit card interest rate you're paying right now of over 19% APR. You can get a loan from $5,000 to hundred grand, and there are absolutely no fees. And just for my listeners, apply now and get a special interest rate discount to save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash sesca that's l-i-g-h-t-s-t-r-e-a-m dot com slash c-e-s-c-a link in the description as usual subject to credit approval rates range from 4.98 percent apr to 19.99 percent apr and include a 0.50 percent auto pay discount lowest rate requires excellent credit terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice visit lightstream.com slash sesca for more information Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What are some resources uh, for people who are concerned about what their rights are going to be, uh, where they might be able to get health care? Is there uh, some place that they can go to uh, get additional information about uh, what their recourse might be after this goes into effect? Yes. <laughs> so many. Um, so, the, I mean, I think I want people to, because it hasn't happened yet, I, w- I kind of want people to 
educate themselves and prepare mm-hmm. um, so that they know what to do when things happen. And for one, you know, we are giving constant updates on our website, um, alreprohealth.com. We've got uh, our newsletter that you should sign up for because we are also letting you know what the climate is, what the services are that we're providing, what's what's happening there. Um, as I mentioned before, digitaldefensefund.org, that is a place you want to go to make sure that your digital data is secure, that your privacy is not being jeopardized by um, law enforcement. Yeah. That if law enforcement comes around, you're going to have yourself protected. Digitaldefensefund.org. Uh, you want to make sure that you are following along with um, rewirenewsgroup.org. They are giving constant updates about what's happening in reproductive justice around the nation. And the podcast Boom Lawyered with Imani Gandhi and Jessica Piclo. You want to make sure that you. Uh, check them out. Oh yeah. We I know have, Imani. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Great. yeah. And then there's um, also aid access is another resource. Um, I just, I think what people, the biggest caution I have to make sure people understand is self-managed abortion. Yes, it's a thing, but what we want people to be very, very aware of is that while the medical aspect is safe, the legal aspect can be dangerous yeah that is really if you know if your listeners take away one thing it's that the legal is where the precarious um disconcerting area is it's not so much the take this pill and then use the other pills that that's fine Mm -hmm. the medical aspect of self-managed abortion is very safe very fine whatever okay it is my concern that people are going to be arrested, investigated, et cetera, et cetera. And West Alabama Women's Center can help you if you are experiencing any complications from your self-managed abortion, any complications from pregnancy whatsoever, miscarriage, whatever, come to us. We are a resource. We are not going to investigate you. We are not going to report you. I am not going to pass go and collect $10,000 from some lawyer. That is not going to happen. Gotcha. So digitaldefensefund.org, alreprohealth.com, rewirenewsgroup.org. Am I missing one? Um, I'm going to put the links in the description under this episode uh, at bobseska.com. Is that, uh, are those the uh, main three that we want to include? Uh, Aid Access, I think was another one. I just don't know if it's com or .org. I can't. I get my orgs and coms mixed up, so forgive me. Sorry. Right. I'll look it up. But right now, yeah, yeah, we'll go with aid access. Okay, uh, doctor, you're one of the most courageous people I know. If there's anything you need, uh, if there's anything I can I can do, anything our listeners can do, don't hesitate to reach out. It's at Leah N. Torres on Twitter. Thank you so much for being on that wall, doctor. I think uh, I speak for many, many people listening in when I say that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here and uh, donate to our clinic and donate to the Yellowhammer Fund because we need help. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, good luck. Good luck to you. And we'll have you back on really, really soon. And, and if there's any occasion when you feel like you need to get the word out about something, just drop me a DM and I'll have you back on that day. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Love your show. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Imagine there's no heaven. 
Kill. 